to the North Point of View uh, here with Dr. Walter Kimsey's. Good morning, Walter. Good morning, Mark. How's everything? Everything is great. And again, I'm a grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what happens. Congratulations. Uh, Congratulations. When are you going to go back uh, up north? ASAP. I just get in my car, a little work done on it, and I'm hopping in the car and off we go. Well, we need to get a couple of podcasts done then, right? Absolutely. We're going to break the rules today. Walter's been very clear to me for the past year and a half when we've done these. We've set parameters on things we discuss and how we do it. Well, we're not going to break the rules, but we're going to get right on the edge, right. right? Today, we're going to talk about Russia. We're going to talk about China and risk scenarios. Exactly. We can't avoid them really any longer. I mean, I think that the economic impact around the world, what's happening in each of those countries is obviously very significant right now. And so we're going to go in being mindful that it's... Um, not our policy to, to delve into politics, but these are scenarios that have huge implications. Exactly. Right. Risk scenarios. Yeah. Which one do you want to start with? Well, let's start with Russia. Okay. All right. So following your, your comments, we don't know which way the Russia-Ukraine conflict, for lack of a better term, is going to be a result. But we think at least here between us when we discuss strategy, that there are four possible outcomes. One of them is that the war stays constrained within the Ukraine. It doesn't spill over to other countries. The other scenario is it spills into other countries. So we see Latvia get involved or Poland. So there is that risk. It could happen. So far, it hasn't. And then we have the term of the war. Uh, it could be resolved before the end of this year, maybe within 12 months, that would be a short duration, or we could have a very long duration, 10 years of like when Russia invaded Afghanistan, Russia dealt with, uh, with other countries like Kazakhstan, you know, some of those don't work very well. Some of those, uh, you know, were very severe, but relatively short-lived. So those are the four scenarios. Does it spill over? Doesn't it? Does it get resolved quickly or does it take so many years that we're talking, making tapes about it three, four, five years from now? We don't know. But, but that's basically what I think the, the way for us who have to figure out how to build things, how to get infrastructure developed, that those are the four out, macro outcomes that we would consider. In terms of betting on it, I wouldn't bet on it. We just simply put them together and ask ourselves what we would do if it's a long-term war that has spilled outside of the Ukrainian borders. In that case, our videotapes, our investments, and what else is going on in the economy is the least of our concerns. That's a horrible scenario. Right. And I don't think it gets a lot of weight. The other three scenarios do, and basically all three of them result in higher inflation, simply because we're not getting you know, resources from Russia. Russia is a very resource-rich country. One back in the day when I did global, you know, equity strategy, we looked at all the economic forecasts. And when the economists put together their econometric GDP forecast for Russia, I would compare it to the forecast for oil prices. Right. Because oil prices in Russia GDP, as well as Canada, Saudi Arabia, sure. so correlated it's that it, yeah. yeah, if your your big econometric model was different, you threw the model out. 
go with the oil price. And, sure. and I, we never got it wrong that way. So that shows you how important the resource part is. And if we have this continued dislocation in resource allocation, then the way everybody's going to get their resources, and they will, there's plenty in the world. Russia is not the monopolist. Nobody is. But you're going to get them more expensively. So that'll push costs up permanently or as long as the conflict exists and potentially stoke inflation higher uh, than it would have been otherwise for a long period. So in your analysis, how do you take into account the sort of the media's take on the regime itself? Yeah, that's a tough one. And something that I've never, never thought I would have to do was contemplate a regime overthrow. We remember the 1989 Berlin Wall and then Gorbachev was out and Russia became a, a smaller country and more democratically oriented. We've had Putin come in and slowly, you know, kind of reset things to what the USSR used to be as much as possible. But it is such an expensive proposition. And today is not 1987. Today is 2022. It could very well be that his actions are so unpopular at home. We don't know because the polls are of people who are afraid to speak what they really think. So we don't know what the Russian population's thinking, but it is possible that we have a regime change in Russia before, you know, maybe the end of next year or very soon. And since we build stuff that has long duration, that means we need to look at our long-term forecasts and ask us, how would that impact it? You and I have discussed, I'm still trying to work through all of that. It's not really clear to me. And what makes the uncertainty worse is China. So China is building the Belt and Road. Everybody knows about that. It connects all of Europe, Asia, and into Africa quite a bit. This has been part of Russia's geopolitical policy for quite some time, at least 10 years. And it's about getting everybody under one network and under control. Whereas what Russia seems to be doing is trying to distance itself from the influences of foreign countries, just like it has over and over since the Bolsheviks. Right. So there's an interesting conflict there. China has to be nice to Russia. But by the same token, if it's too nice to what Russia's trying to do, it's denying the Belt and Road Initiative. It's counterproductive. Exactly. So we don't know how that comes out. Meanwhile, things are still very volatile in China regarding COVID. And we have to ask ourselves, are they volatile enough to the point where we would have regime change? So one of the extreme outcomes that I would never have spent any time on before, Mark, but now I am putting a little time into it is, what if both regimes flip within the same time frame? I mean, could this happen? Maybe this is a result of the uh, psychological impact of COVID as opposed to the physical. I'm not sure. But that is a scenario that, you know, we, you and I have been discussing and we Be have to discuss a lot. Beginning more. to see a little bit of it in the media. Yes. Right. And obviously it's a delicate conversation to have and... Walter, I appreciate your sensitivities and, mm -hmm. and setting the parameters of how we discuss these things. Right. I think that this will be probably an ongoing dialogue that we'll have for many months and maybe years as all of this unfolds. Right. We hope not, but that's a distinct probability. Yeah. Walter, okay. thanks again. Thanks, Mark. Take care.